hey, um, you guys, how many people are, all, are in a relationship currently? You are currently in a relationship. Come on with God. That's my girl. Let's go. No, if you are currently in a relationship, raise your hand, claim that thing, uh, and yeah, absolutely. That's so cool to see you guys. This is, this is for you. How many people are single as a Pringle? You're super, oh, look, look around, ladies and gentlemen, look around. These are your peers. I'm just kidding. I'm not trying to play matchmaker. Don't be dating in my youth group. You hear me? Don't do it. Don't do it. Hey, can I tell you guys a story real quick before we get started? I know you guys love story time. I know you guys love, love story time. When I was in preschool, when I was in preschool, I had a girlfriend. Yeah, bro. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. I was five years old, and me and her were sneaking off, and we were, we were drawing each other pictures, and everything was super sweet. And she was, she was like, super cute. I went to her birthday parties. I got her the best presents. We were good, 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 good friends. And then eventually, she went to kindergarten. I went to another kindergarten. And we were forever separated. Uh, we rekindled our love in, in middle school, but it didn't last. And it was, it was awful. Yeah, anybody have preschool boyfriends or girlfriends? Yeah? Come on. I mean, that's the purest kind of love, man. That's just awesome. Um, except for when I have a daughter, then it's all evil. Um, so I'm just letting you guys know. Uh, but, 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 then I got, so, so middle school happened. I was single through middle school because I was a nerd. Um, and then through high school, man, I started noticing that my relationships got a little weird. They stopped really being godly, and I was just a wreck, just an absolute wreck. So I decided, especially going through this series, I was like, I've got to change something. I had a, a serious girlfriend in college, uh, but then we broke things off there. You know, my dating life has kind of been around, but praise God, I've got a nice, amazing girlfriend who is vertically, like, right there in front of me. Yep, Grant, cool. <laughs> waving right there, running our camera. Yeah, no, no, it is Macy. Come on now. Give it up for Macy. She's awesome. Oh, she's so cool. Literally, literally, she's a cool. Um, but, but think of even, maybe, maybe you haven't had a relationship at all, right? And this is still applicable to that. Even though we're going to be talking about some more int intimate things, this is still going to be applicable. So please don't tune out if you're, if you're not dating or you don't want to date. Because I think that it's really, really important. Aren't you guys glad for, for friendships? Aren't you guys glad for relationships that you have? Yeah? Am I, I'm not, yeah, that's awesome, man. That's super, super, super good. Do you guys think that God has given us real feelings as romance and, and these gifts that he gives after marriage? We'll get into it later on. Uh, frustrating and in. in, in uh, intimidating as marriage is to somebody. How many people are kind of intimidated by marriage when you when that comes around? Good, that's okay. You're you're totally of age to be terrified of that. I love it. Um, but but do you guys think that God, who created everything, does everything perfectly? Gives us a game plan, right? The Bible is our game plan, correct? You guys believe that? If, so if it's our game plan and love is just such a big deal to, to not only God but to us, don't you think he would give us a game plan for it? Don't you think he would give us a game plan? Well, Song of Solomon is that game plan, and so many churches and youth groups and just people in general censor it out of the Bible. 
They say, you know what, nah, 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 this is too, too intimate, this is too weird. How many people have ever read Song of Solomon or Song of Songs before and y'all go, oh, that's gross. So listen, here's the thing though. If, if the church is silent about it, the world is not going to be silent, right? So how many people like The Bachelor? Nobody? Good. Don't like The Bachelor. It's awful. How many people, uh, have you ever heard of Temptation Island at all on, like, seeing the commercials of it? Yeah, no, yeah. Um, what, about, what about some other TV shows, movies? Just think of them in your head. Isn't it crazy? Isn't it crazy that the world can just feed us so much content about romance and relationships and intimacy and all this stuff, and the church is scared to talk about it even when it's in the Bible? Is that not weird? You guys following me? Is that not weird? All right. So, so if God made us, he obviously has given us a plan. So what we're going to do over the next little bit is talk about attraction. We're really going to talk about the entire plan, everything, man, everything. It's going to be great. And um, we're just, I'm just really, really, really excited about it. But what we're going to do over the next uh, few weeks is we are going to go almost, almost verse by verse. This is going to be a lot of book study type things. It's going to be reading about it and seeing what, what is there. It's, it's not really the kind of preaching that I am used to. So this is a little uncomfortable for me, but I think it's good. How many people are excited about this? Yeah? yeah awesome. Yes, you should be excited. Let's go to the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer before we do anything because Lord knows I'm going to need it. God, God, we thank you so much that you have written in your word about love and intimacy, romance, attraction, sex, conflict, everything. You have given us the, 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 the ability to learn about it and, and hear about it. So, Father, I pray I pray that you would just use the next few weeks to just set the tone for relationships in this youth group, relationships outside of this youth group, Father. I pray that students who are, are maybe uh, not willing to come to church would come to just listen about this. Father, I pray that it would be a tool that students can use to share this with their friends, and I pray that you would speak through me in every single word. Everybody said amen. All right. All right. So let's go through through verse 1, okay? Here's verse 1, right here. Solomon's Song of Songs. Great, first, first verse. Booyah. Sermon's done. Sermon's done. No, no, we're going to keep going. We're going we're gonna to keep going. We're going to actually read verse 2 as well. Let, listen, Solomon's Song of Songs. And this is uh, the, the woman talking. And, and this is what it says. It says, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is more delightful than wine. Hey, listen, I'm going to preface this as I'm reading. If there is laughter, if there is cutting up, if there is sort of immaturity, you do need to, to head out. And I'm not scared to send you out, okay? Don't think of it as being disrespectful. I just don't really want, you know, laughter and, and cutting up. Is that, is that too much to ask for? We good? Everybody cool with that? Awesome. Awesome. So, so let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is more delightful than wine. Did you guys know that there are more people in the world that marvel at the practice of America uh, dating and then marrying whoever they want? Did you know that people look at that and go, wow. Do you know why? Because most countries do what? 
arranged marriages. They do arranged marriages. In their culture, it's based on character and virtue, and that grows into the romance. So you get people together, and they say, this, this will make a good couple, and, and this is really what we can do. They have good character. Here you go. And you might not like that person at that point, but what happens if you see arranged marriages 30, 40, 50 years down the line? They've grown in, in love, whereas the American society, the American culture is to date and date, and then when somebody starts looking ugly, you divorce them and you leave them because they don't look the same way or they don't do the same things or they don't act the same way. So it's just easier for us to divorce and find somebody else who's going to fit where we're at, right? That's why divorce rates are up to like 50%. Arranged marriages track records are far better than Americans. Why is that? It's because we really don't know attraction. I know you guys saw that word up there. We really don't understand attraction all that much. We don't get it. It doesn't make sense to us, and we just use it as a feeling. We don't really see it as something to be rooted in. And so these first two verses very start off really like in the cut right there, man. And it's this woman who is looking back at her life, looking back at her relationship, and it's what attracts the woman to, to, the, to the man. It's, it's this couple looking back and going, man, this is, this is amazing. That's what this entire book is about. So let's go over to verse 3 here. And let's read this. Solomon's Song of Songs, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is more delightful than wine. Awesome. We went through that. Here's where verse 3 is. Pleasing is the fragrance of your perfumes. Your name is like perfume poured out. No wonder the young women love you. So this first part, this first part says, pleasing is the fragrance of your perfumes. Did you guys know that people in this time didn't take baths all that much? You guys know that? So when she says, like, hey, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're, the fragrance of your perfumes are nice, you know what that means? You don't smell. You don't smell. It means, hey, dude, you are, you are smelling good. How many people like it when your significant other or you just get attracted by nice smells? Go into Bath and Body Works and just sniff candles like a crazy person. Yeah, like, hey, man, it happens. It happens. So what she's saying is he smells nice, but not only that he smells nice, he's also good looking. She's also, she's really looking at that. But here's the next part of that. Your name is like perfume poured out. So, yeah, the perfume's nice. Yeah, the looks are nice. But your name is like perfume that's poured out. You see, a man's name back in that time was his integrity and was his character. And the word that it comes from, the Greek word that it comes from, was a metal tool to etch something. That's where this word character came from. You guys ever heard about building character and you take that tool and you just chip away till you get the character that you want? That's why it comes from that word. It's etched away into the fabric of your very being. So she says, may he kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. And that means he's a great guy, but what's better is his name, his character, his love, his holiness, his honesty, his temperance, his morality, his flexibility, his ability to be a good leader. Ladies, does that not sound like the perfect man? <laughs> Come on. Does that not sound like, a, a, guys, does that not sound like a really good girl to have? Someone who, who has character and love and honesty and temperance and flexibility is able to be a good listener. Sometimes I need help on that. 
maybe a little bit sometimes. You see, this is the kind of guy that, that girls you would want to date. This is the kind of guy that when you have kids, you want your daughters to date. Everybody makes sense of this so far. You're checking with me? Kind of? Kind of? Okay, cool. So, so what she's basically saying is, yes, you look nice. Yes, your character, or, or yes, you, you smell nice. But what I really am attracted to is your character. I'm attracted to who you are, not what you look like. Listen, you can marry someone who, who got ladies, I'm going to talk to you for a minute, and then we'll talk to the guys in a, in a minute. Ladies, you guys can marry a dude that's 6'2", long, wavy, blonde hair, sings like Justin Bieber, has blue eyes and a great body, makes $100,000 a month. Sound, sound good? Sound good? And Andy drives a Porsche. Does that sound good? Does that sound good so far? $100,000 a month? Long wavy hair, sings like Justin Bieber, sound good? I don't know what he does. But if he doesn't listen to you, if he's sharp and, he, and he's pouty and he's a baby and he doesn't get his way so he stomps out of the room, if he won't open his heart to love you, if he won't compliment you and all he wants to really do is fight you, does that sound like a nice trade-off? No. No? No? Yeah. What you've accomplished, if you go after that, you've accomplished completely corrupting your ability to have a happy life. You've completely uh, brought upon yourself pain and heartache, and all you're going to do is bring a little slice of hell into your life on, on earth. That's what you're going to do. Every day is going to be grinding stuff out because there's no level of attraction. There's no level of, of intimacy to, to be able to connect at all. That's not good, is it? And listen, even if you married a guy like that and you see that, you'd want to pass him off, right? It would get, it would get old really quickly, wouldn't it? The $100,000 wouldn't be so much money. Like, make it sense. Am I the only one thinking that? No? No, exactly. So, what can you take out of this? Marry yourself a man of virtue. Listen, being single is tough. How many people know being single is tough sometimes? Being single is tough. But, check this out. I can speak to it. If you talk to anyone who's married or anyone who's in a serious relationship, they will tell you this. It is better to be single and lonely than to be with someone who doesn't ever really show you any level of, of, of romance or any, any sort of, they're not attracted to who you are. Might be attracted to you physically, but I'm, let me tell you, it's super, super shallow. Does that make sense? Track it with me? Awesome. Awesome. Listen, when you guys, when you guys get married, when, when there's a ring on your finger and the rest of your emotional peace for the rest of your life relies on somebody else, you have to be in a spot that you know who you're choosing is going to be worth it. You have to understand, hey, this is a big, big decision. So you have to choose somebody with good character. And then in, in, in the section three, it says, it says, no wonder the young women love you. She's saying, hey, look, everybody, everybody wants you, but I've got you. And you have great character, and you're hot, and this is what I'm going to do. Like, we're, we're together until, like, it ends, man. That's what she's saying. 
if your boyfriend or girlfriend does not have any character, right, they're disrespectful to their friends, they notice that, that they're disrespectful to their parents, they notice all of these different things, what makes you think, what makes you think any differently about how they'll treat you? So, make sure that you yourself have character, that you're honoring your mother and your father, that you're being a good friend. Because people, when they're looking for relationships, when you guys get to that age, maybe you're already there, they're going to look at how you interact with other people because they're not going to want that if you're interacting poorly. Verse 4. Verse 4 is another really packed verse, and we're only going through seven of these, uh, seven verses, not seven points or anything. Don't worry. <laughs> so, so verse 4. Verse 4 says, says this. It says, take me away with you. Let us hurry. Let the king bring me into his chambers. And then it says, we will rejoice and delight in you. We will praise your love more than wine. Take me away with you. Let us hurry is the first part of that. And then the second part is let the king bring me into his chambers. What she's basically saying is it is a privilege and it is an honor to be with you. Does she not, we're only four verses in, guys, in this entire book. Does she not already sound super attracted to this guy? Already? Like, we're four verses in, and one of them was just Solomon's Song of Songs. So we're actually three verses into this, and we can already read, man, she is attracted to this dude. She gets it. And then in, in B, uh, or yeah, the, the second part that says, we will rejoice and delight in you. We will bring praise we will praise your love more than wine. Solomon was a king, and he had a, a harem around him. He had a, a group of individuals with him. I'm not saying that this is the way it's done. I'm only looking at where he's at with this one individual because that's what we have in the book. So what the other people are saying is, hey, man, this is logical. This is a privilege. This is, this is right. This is the way that relationships should be done. And like I said, he didn't get it right. Obviously, he has like a whole other like group of concubines and wives, and it's crazy. Old Testament relationships are nuts. But with this one relationship, they're going, ah, this is, this is it. This is it. Other people are starting to recognize it. Have you guys ever seen a relationship that you knew wasn't going to last? Ever seen a relationship that wasn't going to last and you're like, oh, man, this is going to be crazy. Remember how I said in high school some of my relationships were garbage? Do you know why they were garbage? Because I only, only saw girls as objects. I, I'm guilty of that. Yes, yes. Who, are, boo, who boo me in the back? That's, that's fine. It's, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that's like that's where I came from in high school, guys. I'm just being honest with you. That's not where I'm at now, thank God. But but like that's why I, I, I saw them as objects. I only looked for looks. I didn't care about character. And guess where that left me? That left me going girl to girl to girl to girl to girl to girl to girl. Not that many, but you get what I mean. Like <laughs> that that was what was happening. It was super shallow. It was super empty. I knew those relationships weren't even going to work out, too. That was the crazy thing. I knew what I was doing wasn't going to work. But I just bounced from, from every, every you know, person to every person. And I was going out on dates constantly. And everybody was like, hey, man, you're acting crazy. I had youth pastors pull me aside. I had children's pastors pull me aside. I had my parents pull me aside. They're like, you are going crazy. Stop this. 
stop it. And it wasn't until I realized that that I was able to really move forward. So let's go forward into, into verse 5 really, really quickly. Dark am I, yet lovely, daughters of Jerusalem. Dark like the tents of Kedar, like the tent curtains of Solomon. Okay, so Kedar was a tribe that produced black wool. And Solomon's curtains were purple. So she's saying, hey, I know that I'm attractive, but she also mentions that she has something physically like a drawback. She also says, uh, she, she calls herself dark and she calls herself purple. What do, you, what do, we, uh, what do we associate when somebody says you're, you're dark and you're purple? What is that? Bruised? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So she's acknowledging that. Let's find out what it is in verse 6. In verse 6, this is what it says. It says, do not stare at me because I am dark. I'm darkened by the sun. So what she's saying is, uh, I've got a really bad sunburn. That's actually what that means. But, but, it's not just, but it's not just a bad sunburn. It's actually the thing that actually caused permanent damage. You guys remember uh, Endgame? How many people seen, seen Endgame? Remember when Hulk snaps his, snaps his arm and his arm starts deteriorating and stuff? Think like that in this culture. Like, think like that is kind of the association, man. It's messed up. It's bruised. It's broken. So if there's one thing that you can grab away from this sermon, it is protect yourself from the UV rays. I'm just kidding. Please don't just take that. But a woman's skin back in that time was their most prized feature. It actually kind of still is, right? How many people have, have ladies, how many ladies have spent just a ton of money on skin products? Yeah. Everybody's got some people raising their hand. Yeah. So what she's saying here is that she sunburned. She didn't take. She's saying she sunburned. She didn't take care of her skin very well. Her brothers were angry at her, and, and they make her take care of the vineyards, and she's neglecting herself while she's working for other people. But if we look deeper, we'll notice that there's a beauty that surpasses her skin, and the reason her skin is burned is because she obeyed those people who were above her. Obedience and submission is really a cool thing. Humility is a really cool thing. And I would say it's one of the most important things when you're looking for somebody to date. Humility and being able to, to, to submit to authority. And I'm not just talking like men, you know, women submit to men. I, I get that that's in the Bible. I understand. But that's really not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about authority just in general. If you have someone who's who has humility, that is awesome. And her physical appearance, she talks about how hot this guy is. She talks about how hot this guy is, and man, he's so awesome. His physical appearance is so great. And then it gets downplayed by her character. Well, her physical appearance is garbage. She's ugly, she's busted, she's, she's sunburned, all of this stuff. And it gets, it gets downplayed the same way. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool that even though you have this really attractive man and you have this sunburnt woman permanently, they both forget about what they look like and they're only focused on their character. Real quick, real quick, if there is three things that you should do before you pursue marriage, and I would even say pursue a relationship, these are three things. You have, you have a silhouette in your mind of the person that you are not going to settle Anything less than. Say this with me. Say, I will not settle. Come on, that was weak. I will not settle. Come on. 
That's where it's at. If you find yourself in a place where you're settling for other people, you are never going to find happiness with your significant other at all. Dating, engagement, proposal, whatever. You're never going to find, you're never going to find that if you don't already have standards and people who, or characteristics who you have in mind. When I was 17, before I went to college, when I was 17, before I went to college, I wrote down things that I would like in a wife, in a spouse, in a just dating partner in general. Like, I wrote those things down. How many people have lists like that or have started one, huh? Yeah? It's important to have, man. It's important to have because then you're creating that. And the second thing, you have to know the things that you will not do. Boundaries are important, man, because if you don't have any boundaries, you'll cross anyone. If you don't have any boundaries set up, you'll cross anything for attention, for love, for romance, for whatever. And you have to have those boundaries set. You have to have those things to say, hey, I am not going to do this. I am not going to do this. You know, uh, I, I, I don't know if you know this. Um, Macy and I have not kissed on the lips in almost six months. Only cheek kisses and pecks and foreheads, whatever, because she's too cute. I can't not, you know, kiss her forehead or something like that. But, <laughs> but we made that boundary there. Let me tell you something. That's hard. That's hard to set that up. But guess what? We've been successful. Why? Because we knew going into this, that was one of our first conversations. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do this. I just don't want to. I don't think that it's appropriate. I don't think that this is what we want to do. And guess what? We've been successful because we already had it set up. Here's the third thing, and this is the hardest one. In order to be ready for a good relationship, you have to be ready to be single. And you have to be okay with being single. The moment that I had the best relationships in my life were the moments where I was, ex like, excited about being single. And then I was, <laughs> and then, and then, and then I was able to meet people in my life who, who were there for a season. Macy, you're not here for a season, just so you know. I hope you know that. <laughs> but, but people who were there for a season, I had to be ready to be single. I had to be okay. I had to be ready and willing to be a single person. Here, here's, um, here's verse 7, really, really quick. Really, really quick. This is what it says. Tell me whom I love. Where, you, where do you graze your flock? Where you rest your sheep at midday? Why should I be like a veiled woman beside flocks of your friends? So like we said before, Solomon had other women in his life. Right? And anytime there's that happening in the Old Testament, sometimes there's a lot of jealousy, right? Listen, if you have eight wives or eight husbands, it's going to be hard to please them all, right? <laughs> like, that's just, that's just where it's at. And so what she's saying here is she's saying, hey, listen, there are people in your life, there are people who you're married to because that's how that wor worked. I hope we can get past that eventually, but that's how this culture worked. And she's saying there are people in your, in your harem who you're married to who, who are your wives who will do things that are pretty nasty, but she looks at him and she says, I am not going to be, like, why should I be like a veiled woman beside a flock of your friends? She's saying, hey, listen, I am not going to be this. I am not. Okay. Here's where we get a little awkward. Here's where we get a little weird. It's the first one. Get used to it because there's a lot coming. 
okay? Everybody say, I'm ready. (laughs) I'm ready. Listen. Listen. What she's talking about is she's talking about people who are, are, are giving themselves away, being like, like hookers. You guys know what hookers are? I, listen, hey, I, I hope we can get, listen, this is serious. I hope we can get past it. I'll give you a couple of chuckles, but, but listen, they were people in the Civil War with, with one, of the, one of the American generals, and what they would do is they would just follow them around wherever they camped out at, and they were there to, to, to be with the men who were there fighting the war. That's what they did. Okay, that's where it originated from. And she's saying, I am not going to do that. You can have all of these people who are going to do it, but I'm not. She's already making that stand. She's saying, I love this man. I'm going to show my affection for him. But I'm not going to do things to compromise my relationship with God. I'm not going to defile myself. I'm going to, I'll remain single before I do those things. That's what she's basically saying here. Guys, I'm going to talk to you now. Girls, we talked at the beginning. Guys, I'm going to talk to you. Listen. You have to pick someone like this. Someone who's respectful. Someone who's a hard worker. Someone who loves Jesus, loves God. Someone who's a servant, humble, kind, loving, honest. That's what this woman is. She's committed. She's ready to go. Someone you can instinctively give a good pet name to. Like sweetie or honey or cutie pie or whatever. Somebody is really easy to. You guys ever seen like really like mean wives and things like that, mean girlfriends or whatever? You can't give a cute pet name to somebody who's an ogre. Like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, come on. If you're being nasty, if you're being gross, if you're being mean and vile, like, you're not getting a cute nickname. nickname get out of here. Come on, man. If you have the personality of, of an ogre or a witch, Bro, it's not it. It's not it. Hey, listen. Let me let me let me uh, explain something really quick. And this is this is closing. Here, I'm bringing it home. I know you guys are excited. When uh, how many people went to camp this past year? Yeah, cool. People went to camp. Yeah, the church camp. <laughs> the church camp. Um. Macy and I were transitioning. I was becoming the youth pastor. She was getting rid of it. Let me tell you something from here so I can clear this up. We never liked each other during that time. I just wanted to let you guys know. Somehow there became something where people were like, you guys like each other. We didn't. <laughs> we all knew. We all knew. Hey, but let me, let, me, let, me, let me be real here, though, for real. And we've talked about this before. I didn't like her. Like, I didn't have feelings for her. Come on, guys. I'm the youth pastor. I just got hired here, and this is the lead pastor's daughter. There is no way I'm going to date her. Come on. Like, you guys are crazy, huh? <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, so check this out, though. But, but, but check this out. That entire week of camp, I got to work alongside Macy. I got to watch how she interacted with you guys. I got to watch how she led you guys. I got to watch how she prayed for you guys. I got to watch how she handled situations. And yeah, I thought she was cute, kind of, sort of, maybe a little bit, a lot. I thought a lot. But, but check this out. I saw what she was doing and I saw her heart in those few days. And then we went to another trip in Orlando, Florida, and I got to see it even more. And I just became so attracted to who she was. 
to who she was. Yeah, I thought she was attractive. Yeah, I thought this was great. Yeah, I thought, you know, whatever. But I knew her character, who she was, that was the thing that was going to sustain a relationship with her. Listen, if you want to kindle a fire, how do you do it? You put on wood, and you keep it going. And when it starts to kind of die down, you, you put more on it, and you keep piling it. Because the more that you can keep it piled on, the more it's going to go. It'll actually go forever until you stop putting some sort of, of thing on it. As until you start putting, start putting water on it, or you start taking logs off, or, or whatever. That's how you stop it. But as long as you're continually pouring into it, it's going to keep going. If your relationship is founded on physical appearance and passion, then you're in trouble. This is why 50% of marriages, not just first-time marriages, first-time marriages, it's actually 80% or something crazy like that. 50% of all marriages fail. That's why this is such an important thing. Attraction is the beginning of all of that. And I want you guys to be rooted in why you're attracted to someone why you're in a relationship or out of a relationship. So throughout this entire time, this entire series, I want you guys to take an evaluation of your relationship. Maybe you don't need to be in one. That's rough. Maybe you don't. Maybe it's not your time. If you want a working relationship, have the character of Christ and follow someone and, and run after someone who has that same character. Have the character of Christ in your heart but also follow someone who has that character. Can we just go to the Lord in prayer real quick? Father, I thank you that you have given us your word. You've given us a game plan. Even when we don't like to, uh, to admit it, even when we try to censor it, Lord, you have given us a game plan to be able to understand relationships and how they work. Even from the beginning stages of attraction, you have given us this time and this moment to be able to study it and look at it and, and figure it out. I thank you for that. Lord, I pray that you would touch each and every person here with, which, with whatever season they're in, whether it's singleness, whether it's maybe attraction to someone and they're kind of in the talking stage. Maybe it's dating. I, I don't know where, the, where they're at. But Father, I pray that you would touch each and every one of them and you would listen to them and you would hear them out. Lord, whatever it is that they need to bring in their relationships, I pray that they would bring it to you. First and foremost, and they would bring it to leaders and peers to be able to pray and, and seek that community out. Lord, as we learn about relationships within ourselves, it's impossible to know a good relationship and to have a good relationship without a relationship with you first. Thank you for, for sending your son on a cross to die for our sins. Thank you that we can know what love is and show that to other people because you loved us first. Even, be even before we were even born, while we were rejecting you, while we were sinners, you were there for us. So, Father, we just want to take this time to, to express our praise to you, Lord, to take this time to, to give you the things in our relationship that need to go. Lord, and I pray that if people in their seasons of singleness do not have standards, do not have practices, do not have a silhouette of a person who they think man, I'm, I'm going to go after this type of person. I pray that they would just begin to, to move into that.
May we begin to see that. Father, I, I thank you for each and every one of them. I pray that we would experience your, your grace and your mercy here in this time of worship. Be with us. Be with us tonight as we just worship you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen.